Welcome to This Week in Water for June 8th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. The shortages of water in war-torn Syria are making daily chores like bathing and cooking nearly impossible. In response, a new industry has sprung up, supplying water by trucks retrofitted with tanks. In Damascus, the trucks park along streets and in alleys, supplying water at a high cost. There are also health concerns because most of the tanker-supplied water has not been treated properly and could cause disease. Last winter was very dry in Syria, and shortages are expected to continue until next winter's rainfall, which will hopefully bring more precipitation. Since 1970, a mysterious disease has been plaguing populations of starfish along the coasts of North America as well as in the Mediterranean. Sea star wasting syndrome is a devastating disease in which starfish lose their legs, disintegrate, and ultimately die. Although the syndrome has appeared off and on over the years, Oregon was one of the few areas that had remained relatively free of the disease until now. According to researchers at Oregon State University, the incidence of sea star wasting syndrome has exploded and threatens to decimate the estate's entire population of purple ochre sea stars. Bacteria, viruses, and pollution have all been suggested as possible explanations, but the disease is so widespread that scientists suspect that there's more than one factor at work. According to a report from Humboldt State University, Warmer ocean temperatures could be connected, although the link is not yet conclusive. There is a water crisis in Venezuela. Venezuela has so much water that it is among the top 20 countries of the world with the largest supply of fresh water, but most of this water comes from the rivers in the south of the country, and most Venezuelans live in the north where only 5% of the fresh water is located. Water there depends on costly transportation and treatment. In poorer neighborhoods of Caracas, many buy water from tankers, and the cost can be as much as $20 a month, or one quarter of the minimum monthly wage. Sometimes schools send children home early because there is no water in toilets and sinks, and sometimes restaurants close their doors when the water stops running. The shortages occur in the middle and upper class areas as well, and a lawyer, Nuria Garcia, said she recently had to bathe using a small bucket of water for four days straight. According to a new study, many cities around the world are experiencing increased water stress as more and more people move to urban areas. A team of researchers led by Rob McDonald with the Nature Conservancy surveyed and mapped water resources of more than 500 cities. The study found that water resources and economies are intertwined. Facing water scarcity, wealthier cities can build their way out of trouble by piping water greater distances or by using technologies such as desalination.
But many of the fastest growing cities are also the most economically stressed ones, and they'll find it more difficult to deliver adequate water supply to their residents. The study found that the 10 largest cities under water stress were Tokyo, Delhi, Mexico City, Shanghai, Beijing, Calcutta, Karachi, Los Angeles, Rio de Janeiro, and Moscow. Some of the fiercest fighting in World War II was in small islands in the Pacific. Last week, it was revealed that rising sea levels are washing away the graves of soldiers killed during the war. Rising tides have flooded communities and have revealed 26 skeletons of Japanese dead. Unexploded bombs and other military equipment has also washed up in recent months. A UN report said on Thursday that changes in Pacific winds and currents meant sea levels in that region have risen faster than the world average since the 1990s. Last week marked the anniversary of one of the worst disasters for infrastructure in U.S. history. 125 years ago, the South Fork Dam in Pennsylvania failed and unleashed a torrent of water and debris on the small town of Johnstown, killing over 2,200 people. As historians and civil engineers commemorated the event, they struck a cautionary note warning that aging dam infrastructure is in urgent need of repair. The Association of State Dam Safety Officials says delayed maintenance are plaguing many of the country's 84,000 dams, and it would take nearly $54 billion to upgrade them. The American Society of Civil Engineers, in its 2013 report card, gave the nation's dams a D. Last week, there were severe floods and landslides in Afghanistan's rugged and mountainous northern regions. It is reported that at least 80 people have recently been killed. Thousands are without homes and no relief is in sight. The ravaged area is 85 miles north of the provincial capital, and it takes about eight hours by road to get there. The area has been spared from much of the war that has raged in Afghanistan, but it is not immune to flooding and landslides. Last month, as many as 2,700 people may have been killed in a landslide in the same area. In more positive and almost unbelievable news, you can now swim in some of America's urban rivers. It wasn't that long ago that it was inconceivable to think of jumping into the Charles in Boston, which was such a toxic mess, even dipping a toe in might require a trip to the ER for a tetanus shot. For decades, our waterways have been dumping grounds for industrial sludge and sewage runoff, but now cities are recognizing the value of their rivers for recreation. Rivers such as the Charles, the River Thames in London, the Elizabeth in Virginia, the South Platte right here in our backyard in Denver, and the Spree in Berlin are all getting cleaned up. Even Los Angeles is getting into the mix. 
The L.A. River, which for most of recent history has been a cement-lined storm sewer, like many things in Tinseltown, is getting a makeover. On Wednesday, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers recommended approval to turn the river into an urban oasis for recreation. The $1 billion proposal would restore habitat, widen the river, create wetlands, and provide access points and bike trails along an 11-mile stretch just north of downtown. The current drought in California has led to officials being on the lookout for water thieves. As reported by WaterOnline.com, it is quite easy to steal water. Thieves had taken water from outside water tanks at schools, pumped water directly from reservoirs into tank trucks, and tapped illegally into farmers' irrigation systems. Last month, it was reported that a veterinarian in Monterey had been victimized by water thieves. She noticed that water in her clinic's 4,000-gallon tank would disappear over the weekend. This is not a small financial problem as it costs $300 to fill the tank. Residents have been urged to monitor their water supplies and to watch for illegal tapping, which can occur even from fire hydrants in some rural areas. And finally, for the first time in a hundred years, the ubiquitous fire hydrant is getting a redesign. Most people don't realize how often hydrants malfunction. A 2013 report said one in seven hydrants in Newark, New Jersey didn't work. Phoenix spends $3 million a year repairing broken hydrants. And in Philadelphia, illegally opened fire hydrants are damaged, costing taxpayers a million dollars a year. Most hydrants are made of cast iron, which erodes with time, and exposure to the elements leads to cracking, leaks, and freezing. They're also easy to open, making them a perfect target for anyone looking to cool down on a hot summer day. And who better to design a new hydrant than a former New York firefighter? George Sigalakis, founder of a company called Sigalak Systems, created a tamper-proof model made of stainless steel, and he re-engineered the internal parts to prevent leftover water from pooling and freezing in winter. Sigalakis boasts that most of his hydrants will last 200 years before they need maintenance. Requests out to the canine community for comment on the new design went unanswered. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.